Hello everyone and welcome in another episode of Coldplay Break. The world has always been one of change, but the technology evolves and speeds up our life. Something about changes we face is different. It is more extreme shift, more rapid and complex, and the challenge is more difficult. In the face of this, leaders work harder and faster to cope. However, just speeding up isn't the answer. It often makes things more complex, consume more energy and in the best case, solve only part of the challenge. So what to do to go deeper and faster into achieving our objectives? In this episode, we consider slowing down in order to speed up. But because topic is very complex, we decided to break it down into three separate parts. Please be welcome in the part one of episode 10 of Corporate Break. Good morning, it's another day and it's time for another episode of uh, Corporate Break. Today I'm with Ben and Kevin. Hey guys. Hey. Hey, Corbett. And today our subject is uh, how to speed up, but in the same time a little bit slowing down, meaning how to get as much as we can out of our company and the strategy to speed up and accelerate, accelerate our operation. There's a difference with the perception of leaders about the strategy. So a lot of people think that in order to speed up, they have to work faster. But uh, this is not entirely true. And uh, there, there are different researches that when the company slow down, pause for the, for, for the bit, and actually think about what they do and which direction they want to go, then in the longer perspective, they, they can speed up. And Ben, there's, a, there's a one sentence that I want to ask you for, because we already talked about this, I think it's in episode two. And uh, this is the confusion between the operational speed, so between moving quickly, and the strategy speed, so reducing the time to take to de- deliver value. It's um, so it's a very interesting concept because let's reflect a, bit, a little bit, right, on on what how speed plays a role in, in, in any business, and 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 then actually twenty twenty could be a very good example for that because if we think about when twenty twenty hit hard the businesses, um, all of the executives and leadership teams, and a lot of businesses has to react fast, right, because they face just the circumstances that require them to act with speed in this in this scenario, right? But then I remember there is a survey that I think done by Harvard Business Review when they ask all the executives said, well, what's actually has been different in 2020? And and actually more than 85% didn't change anything. It just they didn't even shift their strategy. It's just they had to accelerate. And then I think a quote, I think it was Magnol CEO was saying that Nothing changed for us. It's just the music, the, the dance has to be faster because the music just got accelerated. So it all depends on whether you slow down or speed up. So I think it's more a reactionary movement than it is right and anticipate the things. So strategy stays as it is. Strategy as, as such is the long term. It stays as long term. Nothing changing there. But just how the execution speeds, how, how that plays out and, you know, considering the circumstances of the business operates in. I think for me, the, what you meant, a key point for me would be the, the pausing. So no matter how fast or slow you're going, you should always have that pause. And I think this is what 
company should be doing at the end of 2020 as well, was that uh, 2021, having that pause to say, okay, so what exactly did change? Did anything change? Did it change uh, for the better, for, for the negative? You kind of need to always have that pause and say, are we, is our strategy still the same? Has it been changed because we had to go faster? Uh, the pausing and reflecting on what's happened and refocusing your strategy, I think that's an important part of it, as you mentioned. Yeah, but the question is, why is, why is it like that? It's an, it's, and I think, Robert, this is like, it's more of an iteration process, right? So if you, now I think it's a good time, right? Because 2020 is a decade folded off. And then we start a new decade. So if you imagine yourself sitting in a business and you define a strategy five years down the road, right? Say those are my objectives. Let's hope, hopefully not, but there's some sort of a crisis happened down in year two and year three, right? Do you think, for example, let me pick this example. So for example, let's take the airlines businesses, right? They have been hit very hard by COVID. But is it something being surprised to them? I don't think so. If I look to the historical data in 2018, they're already seeing a downturn of number of passengers taking the flight. So they've seen a trend where people tend to spend more time in their home country. So it's like instead of flying abroad, they just stay in country. And it's not because there's a pandemic in 2018, this is because there's, there's this kind of feeling or confidence in the economy that people fear losing their jobs. They don't want to really spend that much of money. It's cheaper to stay home. So they didn't fly, right? So the airlines, they've seen that coming in. They've seen also there's a, the business travel went down because by 2018, we had kind of news that, or there's a speculation that we might have a downturn. They, they knew that business flights went way down, I think slashed by 25% or something like this. So they knew they're very vulnerable to a crisis coming in, but they haven't done anything, right? They, they've seen it all coming. So that's where speed matters. So you know that the people will fly less and you've seen how vulnerable you are to the economic situation in, 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 around you. So you would have acted, right? You haven't. While they flipped the coins, looking to companies like Microsoft, for example, they thought about way earlier when they bought Skype, right? So, and then they leveraged Skype, they integrated in their solution, they created teams. They knew that people will tend to travel less and less and less, and they might see then VR coming in. So you're sitting in the rooms physically in different countries, different places, different time zones, and you have 3D shapes of your colleagues around the rooms, right? We've seen this only in movies, but do we think that it's impossible? I don't think so. So there's, there's two good examples where the speed matters, but strategy didn't change. It's just how you can react and how you adapt to your business. I think it's uh, two points I want to pick up there. First was actually about the companies with their strategy because quite a lot of companies have obviously went uh, bankrupt into liquidation uh, into administration. And what's interesting is most of the companies I've seen are the ones who have actually been struggling. Like what you said, was yeah. that, that they have actually, none of them are really a surprise, maybe a surprise that they all happen at the, in the one year in, the first, in that one quarter. However, looking at the businesses in Britain that have went out of, uh, went the bust, they're, they're ones that aren't actually a big surprise. They were always slow to adapt to maybe internet shopping. They still had the old fashioned trend of uh, high street. And they're the ones that have got the large department stores that have actually struggled. So it's not really a surprise. So it's interesting what you said about the airlines, because yeah, the, the companies that I've seen going out of business in the UK, they're actually ones that 
yeah, it's not a surprise to me that they went out. All happening at once obviously causes news and causes you kind of a fear on what is going on, but it's not a huge surprise. The, the second part you mentioned was actually about um, virtual reality. Uh, some companies are already doing it. I think it was uh, uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers that have uh, already started using virtual reality meetings because they've noticed that there's uh, what they, I think, called Zoom fatigue. So already people are beginning to become a bit uh, complacent with Zoom calls, listed or Teams calls, Skype calls, whatever service you use. So they've actually bought thousands of virtual reality headsets so they can meet in a different environment every time to kind of energize their meetings. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I'm, I'm thinking about the competitive advantages. I think the company that actually are uh, speeding up without looking at the strategy are the companies that are, that are doing very well, but in the same time, they like gaining a lot of money by doing what they do. So instead of thinking, okay, maybe we should change our strategy, they actually keep going and keep pushing to produce as much as they can. And I think this, this is what happened with Nokia. So Nokia was on the very top level with selling the phones. And instead of thinking ahead, thinking what may happen in the future, they produce as much as they could to just fill in the market. Yeah, but then, okay, so there's usually for business, there's, there's two ways to go in general. Either you're playing on a market share or you're playing on a margin. And I think, reflecting back, I'll go back to Nokia point. So if you pick up a very perfect examples for a company that plays on the market shares like um, Android, right? So they, they don't, there's really cheap um, uh, and they use the, the fees that comes from licensing their software to other mobile manufacturers. And, and this is where they have really a big market share. But is Android basically more profitable than um, Apple softwares? They're not, right? Why? Because Apple, and they, you cannot even compare both of them because they have different structure. Apple's focused on the margin. They're they, they picking up the high end of the market. Reflecting a bit back in Nokia, Nokia, they were trying to play exactly the same game, but they forget, they, they had a blind spot. The blind spot that they ignored that they, they would have a competitor coming in. So they, they were working in an ideal scenario where Nokia remained the prominent mobile phone manufacturer, um, there's not much of competition by then, but they forgotten that when the software is getting it cheaper, the hardware getting it cheaper, the, the entry level of other competitors to the market has just become more affordable. They, they ignore all of that. And let's not let's not forget the fact that, uh, for example, Nokia lost to Apple. This is the biggest you know story in there. Is they had they had the prototype. They had the prototype of tactile tactile screens, and they say. Well, hell no, how we could make a phone without the buttons, right? It's like yeah. BlackBerry has exactly the same stories too, right? Because why is that? Because BlackBerry thought that they are the market leader in the Americas. Nokia thought that the market leader is somewhere in, in Europe, right? And then you have, I don't know, LG, or maybe not LG, others um, in the Asian and Asian Pacific regions. But they ignored that the market, the fundamental would change, they have competition coming in, and how are they going to do it? So here, Nokia lacked that speed to react. But strategies didn't change. They knew that there's a move coming in, but they just ignored it exactly the same as airliners in that scenario. I actually use BlackBerry uh, and Nokia in some of uh, the trainings that I do, say for design thinking or for Six Sigma, they're the examples, exactly. BlackBerry had felt they were kind of untouchable at that time. They, had, they knew the technology was there for touchscreen, 
they decided not to go ahead with it because they were happy with what they had. But of course, we know that you need to always uh, improve continuously. And this is where it comes in. So their strategy halted at that point. And I think this design thinking is a good example because after each session, this is what you mentioned. You have to pause and actually think what we dis- what you discussed before. Yeah. Uh, instead of you know, rushing to the another session to produce as much as you can. Yeah. So in design thinking, was that uh, you got different level of hours or days was it for your workshops? But you're definitely was that at the end of each session. You have that pause, you call it a playback or reflect, where then you actually present to the rest of the group who are not in your uh, team in the workshop. You present to them what you've discussed and where you are. And it helps you stay on track. It helps you decide whether actually the track has now changed. Maybe you've discovered something that means that the original goal has now moved. But of course, this is the whole point. You need to pause, you need to reflect and decide that what you decided one hour ago, what you decided one year ago, what you decided 10 years ago as your strategy, is it still valid? Or is it time to change completely or just to maybe make a, a small change to it? Quick question today to the design thinking out of the topic. Can we say that design thinking is a strategy tool? It's maybe not a strategy tool, but it's a tool to help it can redesign your process is that to be more user-centric. So the strategy of your company may be to focus more on the customer satisfaction. That may be the area. In which case, this is when uh, a tool like design thinking can make a, a big difference. However, it's not a strategy on its own. However, if you wanted to move your business perhaps away from uh, if, you're, if your kind of continuous improvement is more based around Six Sigma, for example, where it's more data-driven, was mm-hmm. that in looking at the pure numbers on the bottom line. If you want it to change that to being more actually, we care about the people, the different users, identifying them, uh, empathy maps, then definitely that's a tool that you'd use was that to uh, focus on the customer satisfaction. I think design thinking in Lean Six Sigma, to, it's more of an enabler mm-hmm. to, yeah. to, to design a strategy, but they're not really a tool for building a strategy on their own. But I want to add to that an echo and adding and building up on your, in your thoughts, Kevin, is that if you think of all of the examples we, we talked about in the businesses and et cetera, and if we think about the, the strategy process as such, Strategy, strategy is not a static. Strategy is only high level objectives. It's the end state where the business has to be. The details is what matters. Details basically comes in from the iteration process. So our final goals, again, so if you're saying, I want to have more market share, and then you will think next step is, okay, what make me gaining market share? All considering in what you need to do internally, and what you need to do externally and externally basically is reacting to market condition and no one knows for sure what the five years will bring in, right? No one seeing COVID coming in, but you would expect, okay, what's the, what's the scenarios that will play out? I.e. here the airline is, okay, if we have an economic crisis, what would happen? If we have a, a, a now we know that a sanitary crisis, what, what, how our business will look like? What's our alternatives? And then what I want to build on that, and certainly there's two things. There's things basically running what you do, just you running your business as it is, producing A, B, C, D products. But you have to look at 
a part where you do innovations, right? So like a new product, a new things that you need to come into the market because you know at a certain time in your um, business cycle, the old product will fade away and because of competitions or because mainly because of competition, I think your margin and your profit will just go slim, right? You need to have something else that you pick up that curves up. So it's like you have that dynamic in your portfolio product to ensure that your business maintain profitability. And that's a problem right now today because we created an economy that is built on finances. And this is the whole thing is about why looking to the market a bit reflecting in our episode about investments and so on. Are we in a bubble? So the, the, the finances bubble to, because of the monetary policy that we have around us created an environment where it's more profitable to invest by uh, having share pay, uh, buyback or uh, go buying a digital currency. That's what Tesla did recently, for example, one and a half billion dollars we invested mm-hmm. in, 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 in their balance sheet. It's a deja vu to me. It's looking back, General Electric did exactly the same thing. General Electric, it has been pressured by the shareholders and saying back in uh, after Welsh just stepped down being the chairman and CEO of the, co- the company, it just went haywire because what's happening that they could not meet expectations. Shareholders want more dividend. They more they want to have more value of their investment in the company. So General Electric, what they did, they did a lot of acquisition down the roads just to secure an organic growth. But that didn't work either. You know why? It's not because they made bad decision for investment, because they didn't have, they didn't build, they didn't do integration. They didn't create that synergy. They, they just bought the businesses, they just absorbed their revenues and their profit, and they have done nothing about it, right? And then when they seen they couldn't do anything, so their second step was, okay, we need to create a financial um, segment of our business. They call it GE Capitals. Start doing loans, doing etc. And guess what? Their stock just skyrocketed. Right, but when the market went bust, the company went down with it. So this is where strategy matters a lot, and I think why well, I want to allude to you, a capex investments matters a lot. If you're an investor, you look at a company that they don't do that, you should be worried and concerned. And this is one of the reasons people look sometimes to Tesla beyond what I mentioned about the one and a half billion dollars investment in Bitcoin. They look at it because they have a lot of innovation, so the value, the expected value of the company in the future will just much, much higher. But there's a lot of, you know, devil in details, basically. But the all matters. Strategy is about iterations, about long-term, being increasing speed when you need, sometimes slowing down an investment if you think that market fundamentally is changing. There's all plays a role in that. I think it's about being flexible. Is that we all need to be flexible. Are we from employees, but for currently home working, coming to the office now and again, uh, with uh, the new technology, it's about being flexible. Uh, why your strategy should not be flexible as well, but you need, uh, I would say, a strong leadership team was that, that, uh, and clear communication about strategy for it to be able to be flexible so that you're not receiving new information every couple of months, oh, this is the direction we're going now, this is the direction we're going. It, that creates confusion. As long as it's clear and open that this is our long-term strategy, this is the goal, if it ever differs from that path, you're able to communicate and uh, make it clear why it's happened and the purposes, uh, you know, the benefits of it. Shai, I like your reflection and this leads me to the game that I prepared for for today. <laughs> That's the, the paper that I wrote about, right? Yeah, just, just uh, to let everybody know, there is a 60 statement lying on the, on the table 
Uh, eight of them are related to the fast strategy, eight of them are related to the slow strategy. And our uh, task is basically to find contradicted statement and then a little bit reflect on this. And some of them you already mentioned, so it will be easy, but there are also some, some new statements that maybe give us uh, a little bit shed light how the strategy should be in the future. Because the, the, this is what you, Kevin mentioned, this flexibility, this, uh, this agile methodology is something that we will see more and more in the, in the, in the future. So now you can hear a little bit of noise because we are going to shuffle the, the paper that is laying on the, uh, on the table. But then at the end, I would like to have a kind of a ready product, meaning what is the fast and what is the slow strategy. Good, let's start. And this is the first time we've actually seen these. They have been sitting on the, our table since the beginning of the podcast, but we haven't actually seen these, so we're interested to know what they are as well. So you want me to slide one first? Yes. Would you like let's me to read up. it out? Yes, let's pick up the one. Okay, so I will pick up one. Mine uh, states on it, groups move onto other assignments without a debriefing on previous initiatives. So then I need to now group this into whether it's uh, strategically fast or slow. Yes, and please remember that this strategically fast is related to slow down to speed up. And then the slow company or slow strategy is the company that is trying to maximize the, the operational, uh, operational task, but in the same time they don't look at the strategy. Okay, so I would say now when groups move on to other assignments without debriefing on previous initiatives is slow. Good. What, why is that? Uh, for me, I think that's because they're trying to be so fast and uh, change so quickly, they don't even have the clear uh, communication. What I kind of mentioned earlier about having that chance to actually communicate to your team why you're making a change. That for me seems a bit more like uh, when you're firefighting, something has changed on the market, something's changed within your business. So you change your direction right away without properly uh, rolling off of your previous strategy. Right. Um, mine is basically says is success is based on the ability to improve quality and lower cost. Um, this this is tricky because uh, this is what you can think is the main uh, kind of the main role or main task of the company but think about think about whether this is like an old paradigm or the new paradigm is it something that will bring us the, the value in the future or we can put it in the middle and then we'll see if we found the contradicted statement for this I, I just I don't want to take long of it but to me is more that that's to me is like strategically um, fast companies for, for one reasons because I think this goes back to my argument earlier on. There's two faults to me in doing a business. You're about running your businesses and then kind of having discoveries of a new things that you have to do. And this is to me fundamental to fix and fast because that, that's the core of your business or at least in, in, in your the business setup. But and then you have other part of it, which is you need maybe take it a bit slow, say, i.e. you want investment on and new products and you might see okay you went down the roads like for example like now apple cars like apple has been talking a lot about creating 
an EV and that's kind of, the, they killed the project and then they put it back again. But why they put it back again? Because one, because Apple product right now, they make most of their profitable mobile phones, but for how long they could make that up. In the part two of episode 10, we are going to talk about the slow and fast strategy. We'll touch upon live examples, so stay tuned and follow us.